I don't have to be perfect at every task. I have to gain ground and be a little bit further along than I was the moment I woke up. Welcome to Impractically Perfect. In a world where everyone's fighting to be flawless, we bring you the inspiring stories of accomplished performers. I'm your host, sports psychologist, Dr. Casey Cooper. Learn the secrets to their success from the best in the world of sports, art, theater, and business. Their stories will inspire you to find your personal best. Life's better when we realize we're all a little impractically perfect. Yes, this person was UCLA's first ever All-American national champion and member of the Hall of Fame in their sport. And not only that, they went on to coach 65 All-Americans and developed 15 Olympians. If you do not know who this person is, I will not delay this any longer. She is the incomparable Sue Inquist. Welcome to the show, Coach. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dr. Cooper. It's great to be here. Oh, and you know what? I think I need to share just a very brief, please indulge me, audience, for a moment as I tell you why I could think of no one else to introduce on this very first episode. My first memory of Coach Sue. I am at an event as this keynote speaker thinking, oh my goodness, I have made it. Room full of young women. Woo, it's awesome. And I get off the stage after patting myself on the back. <laughs> And Coach Sue takes the stage after me and transforms the room. I mean, with her speech, it was like everyone could feel it tactilely in the air. And by the end of her time on stage, I thought everyone was going to like storm a field somewhere. And we would have. And all I was left thinking is, oh, my gosh, I have so much room to grow. I want to be like Sue. <laughs> so, you know what? You are going to set the bar high. And you inspire me to want to reach it. So let's just dive right into this important topic of perfectionism. When was the first time that you can remember an awareness of, wow, I might not be perfect and is this okay? Really young, when I was a youngster, I started my athletic career in, in the ocean and the culture of, of being a surfer is around humility. The ocean is king. You're second to the ocean. And it really is being present in the moment and hopefully just getting a little bit better every day. So I had a really nice foundation. I had wonderful support around me that was fixated on progress and not results. And at the end of the day, my softball career was really post UCLA when I really had to deal with failure a lot and being imperfect a lot. So for me, I had a good foundation that allowed me to not really have to tackle it until I was around 22 years old. And playing a world-class level softball, that's where I really had to learn how to manage that strong and weak voice in my head and how I had to be mindful of my words and be really intentional about my behaviors every day to keep those all in sync so I could stay focused on the progress. Tell us more about progress, because I know what you're talking about, but not everybody else listening might not. You know what I mean? So when you say focus on the progress, what does that mean to you? Well, I think everybody, when they wake up in the morning, they have a day waiting for tasks to be executed. And for me, it was always about, I don't have to be perfect at every task. I have to gain ground and be a little bit further along than I was the moment I woke up. So by the end of the day, I used just a very simple sentence in my personal life, my professional life, 
was, did I get 1% better today in something? Oh, you did? What was it? And you document that, and that becomes inventory in your head. And to repeat that over and over, those really those repeatable behaviors became habits. And when you can really focus these habits on little baby uh, increments of, of progress and development, you can manage the highs and lows of results, which can be devastating for uh, student athletes and, and, and adults. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of progress every single day. I love that. And I can't help but notice and point out to everyone watching, and if you're listening, mm -hmm. go look it up, but I see a pyramid behind you, and I see a very important person there. Right there. <laughs> there it is. My Coach Wooden. Uh, coach Wooden was my mentor and another adult in my life that helped me stay focused and be intentional on you know, who I am, my daily behaviors are going to drive my progress. And you can deal with bad people, negative people, cynical people that won't impede or permeate who you are if you have strong conviction around your behaviors. For me, three bricks of Coach Wooden's pyramid were especially uh, important because they resonated with me. So the pyramid of success, you know, Papa built that uh, the cornerstones of industriousness and and hard work and the apex of his pyramid is competitive greatness. And so to work hard and stay positive as anchors gets you the ultimate of competitive greatness and competitive greatness is simply being your best when your best is needed. And I always say your best is needed every day. But to be your best is not a perfection equation. Being my best doesn't mean my perfect self. It means in that moment, did you give everything you had? Were you intentional? Did you pay attention? And did you give all of your energy to that moment? And if you can stay focused on that and not get caught looking at that shiny object of winning the title, getting the hit, getting the attention, and you stay focused on, was I there in the moment? Was I intentional? Did I give everything I had? Then you've built a nice set of armor around this perfectionism society that we really live. Everybody's enamored by perfection. You know, you always have a way of sharing that feeling that I sometimes find a lot of people have, have difficulty expressing. I, I remember something you said once about an athlete coming to practice saying, you know what, coach, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent today. So basically tap out. And, and you had a way of sharing that with the percent you've got. Do, do you mind indulging for a moment and, and sharing about that? Yeah. And I think the most important thing, whether you're uh, an administrator, a parent, a coach, a leader, an influencer out there, and you're listening. This is about a model, a model idea. This is what we specifically did was we wanted to create a two-hour practice where it was their best two hours of the day. We wanted UCLA softball practice from two to four to be that window where they look forward to the release of the fun zone because the rest of the day is pretty intense. So we just literally created the conditions where our student athletes would tell our coaches, hey, I just want to let you know I'm at 60% today. 
So that doesn't mean you're a slacker. It means my well has 60%. My gas tank has 60%. And then all we're asking student athletes to do, give us all of it. Give us every last drop of your 60%. And we're going to have a great practice. And you're going to have a great release in these two hours. Where leaders and coaches get in trouble is we're so fixated on this big practice plan. We're going to execute a million things. And and then somebody comes in and they're not at 100% and it just throws us off and it shouldn't. All we're doing is we're, we're a, you know, we want to be able to lead an orchestra. Sometimes the horn isn't going to be sounding perfect. It, we're not going to stop the whole musical. So as a coach, think of yourself as a facilitator, as an orchestrator of managing the highs and lows of all of your subordinates, whether they're student athletes, students, or employees. And once you figure that out every single day, you don't go way high and way low. So that worked for us at UCLA. My assistant now at UCLA, who's the head coach, Kelly Inouye Perez, she calls it a five-minute burn. So now she's taking it to the next level. They're coming in. She's already assuming people are not at 100% because practice is you know, super intense. So what kind of energy do they have? She gives them five minutes. The first five minutes of practice, they just chill, decompress, and take a big, giant, deep breath and exhale. I thought that's huge because as coaches, we value every minute. And for her to have the the forethought to say, I'm giving you the first five minutes to just catch your breath, lean back, relax before we gear up and start this two-hour practice. That transitional moment to be human and to say, we're going to have actual time to connect so that I can give 100% of the 60 or the 80 or whatever I've got. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Now, when you were coaching social media, smartphones, all of that, you know, not an issue. Um, What do you see now as being your biggest concern for young people coming up in school and sports and, and whatever their endeavor is, having to navigate that landscape? The most difficult thing, and I didn't have to deal with it so much, was that that today what the athlete is dealing with is the phone is their number one source of information. So this is the first generation where the parents are not the number one source of information for the child. So now we're getting not necessarily the best influences. And then two, the student athlete, everywhere they look, they're not finding consistent messages around performance character. Those are character skills that take you to the top. Moral skills, those are skills that keep you on top. And they're getting all these influences, whether it be pop influences, people that are really popular that may not be that great of a person, but they're super popular. And so the athlete doesn't have an anchor that they carry an anchor foundation that they carry with them, whether they're at school, work, play. And that creates so much pressure that now they go into sport, they think they have to go four for four to be a good person. So I feel sorry for the parents out there because they're going to have to work harder and harder about their children, learning about character skills, that as an adult, you're going to have to be really intentional about your words, that you're going to have to really recognize situations consistently where your child is exhibiting great character skills. And before, it would just happen. You would have it at your house. 
You'd have it at your neighbor's house. You'd have it at school. You'd have it in culture. Now it's all mishmashed. So there's all these mixed messages and the student athlete is completely fixated on the social media, which is a false narrative as we know, but it's real to them and they're defining their worth based on their popularity. So that's a bad, that's a bad equation. And so what's happening now on the college front, we have lots of colleges now that are working on giving student athletes, try to create control with your phone and they have blackout periods. So the student athlete can actually be forced to just take two hours and black out, don't get on your phone. And as as hard as it is for them, they all are saying, oh my gosh, it felt so good to take a break and not be checking all my likes every hour on the hour. Yeah, and I, I love that you point out that it's it's the parents have double the work to do because those other messages sure. are more, um, they're, they're, there's just such a foundation of them that they have to counteract that plus then make up for. Because my favorite Coach Wooden quote is, you care more about your character than your reputation, right? So he was way ahead of his time on that. Right. You know, for and, sure. Um, There's no doubt about it. It's interesting because when we talk about character, people go, oh, soft skills. And actually character skills have turned into a hard skill now. It's turned into a hard skill. We're now finding at the high level performance of youth ball or college or Olympic, we're now finding that's a hard skill. We're actually putting that in there right with hitting off the tee and progressive BP and game situations, it now has become a hard skill, meaning it's a fundamental that we have to execute each and every day is what are the things that we believe in as a family and the things that we believe in as a team. And we've got to have a common vernacular. And that's where I think we're really missing the boat. There's not a common vernacular out there that we should have eight to 10 value statements that we're living every single day about how we think, speak, and act. Like you, like you always say, drip, 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 those character drip, drip, statements. Drip. I always tell moms, you know, moms are pretty good com- communicators and it's going to sound like I'm genderizing, but in general, the conversations I have with dads, they somewhat struggle with how to communicate. You know, there's so much out there, coach. I don't know what to tackle. And I said, don't worry about it. You believe in one or two things until the day you die. Just drip those two things. Things. So after 10 years, you're interacting with her from on the ball field from eight to 18, one or two things for 10 years, that becomes her language when she leaves you as a young adult. And if she can do that, she's going to do great things in college. And you'll be proud of the great decisions she makes just because you have dripped on her one or two key concepts that are repeated over time and not 20 concepts, none of which actually embed in her psyche. It becomes a highlight reel. I absolutely love it. Your advice is always so priceless. And the the way you consolidate it, I don't know if you fully appreciate just how much that just permeates, you know, the armor stuff and goes straight to the core for so many people. So tell, share with the audience some of your projects right now that they should be aware of and where can we go to find out about them? Well, you know, Dr. Cooper, the work that you're doing with Practically Imperfect um, is something that resonates with me. We've come closer together in the space because of our work with the consortium, with the Health and Wellness Consortium. And what we're doing is it's a cross-section of all great influencers in softball and we're developing resources and you can reach us at hawkline.org and that's h-a-w-c it's not a k 
A, it's Hawkline, Health and Wellness Consortium, hawkline.org. And then probably the one passion every day for the last 12 years is buildingonesoftball.com. This is a free website for parents, players, and coaches. We interviewed over 5,000 softball families, and we found that the coach isn't getting the education they need. The parent needs more organization, how to bring in vetted and verified influences to their child. And our student-athlete softball player is not having fun anymore. So one softball is going to inspire the girl, educate the coach, and hope organize the mom and dad in their entire journey of softball, which can hopefully last 10, 12 years. Uh, if you're lucky, it would be great. Well, thank you so much for everything you're doing. You did bring so many professionals together for Hawk. And I, I love that you point out that it's a C at the end, hawkline.org. Um, and one softball has just been, I mean, interviewing 5,000 athletes, that's such a critical mass of, of data. That's just beyond impressive. But to wrap up the show, I want to do something fun every episode where we want to make sure that our esteemed guests are just as, you know, human as we are. So I call this next segment, are you really impractically perfect like the rest of us? Okay. So here we go. Imagine like the Jeopardy, well, that, like this music is in the be background. really easy. Okay. First question, your favorite pizza order is, and from where? Papa John's, olives, and artichokes. Summer or winter Olympics? Summer by far. <laughs> a holiday that even you complain about is man i can honestly <laughs> tell you i celebrate every holiday i'm gonna have to pass i'm so imperfect okay. i'm so all imperfect right. i can't come up with <laughs> you get a pass all right the last person whose birthday you forgot but pretended you didn't probably my closest friend from college her <laughs> birthday passed and thanks thank goodness she was out of the country so when she came back I'm like, how was your birthday? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nice. And our final, finish the statement with a word that does not begin with a P. Practice makes? Practice makes performance better. Better. Practice makes better. I love it. Thank you so much, Coach, for your time. And I cannot wait to promote this first podcast. Thanks for having me. Good luck with everything, Casey, and everything that you do. We certainly appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom, Coach. And I would love to remind guests of how to get a hold of you. That is hawkwiththecline.org. And you can go to onesoftball.com. For more information about today's conversation, check my blog out at impracticallyperfect.org. I'm your host, Dr. Casey Cooper, and thank you for joining me today. Be excellent, everybody, and take care.